0: My name is Dan Qualiana, head of developer relations at Zebra Technologies and welcome to the latest Zebra Developer Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host Mark Jolly. Mark, how are you today?
1: Hey Dan, all good here. I'm um, nice and sunny, I can't complain. Um and uh it's a pleasure that uh today um we're joined by Brett Cooper, um, partner at Blue Fetch and we've got Brent Grandil, uh, president of Ourhead. Um both of these are software partners of Zebra, so uh Welcome to the podcast, guys.
2: Thanks for having us. Yes,
1: thanks for having us. So um, we wanted to touch upon some of the topics we've talked around over the last um, few podcasts, over the last few months, around um, testing, developing, and mobile applications. And as you're one of our ISVs and, you know, um, well aware of those topics, we thought you'd be a great discussion around it. So. Um, to start with, so people know who you are, um, Brett, can you give us a background on Blue Fletch and the type of apps you build and the type of customers you work with?
2: Definitely, definitely. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us on. Um, so, Mark, we, Blue Fletch is a company that is a, uh, we're an ISP that focuses on building enterprise mobile apps. We have a huge focus on Android and especially around the rugged space. We've been working with Zebra for... Um, you know, since since uh, you know 2011, when that the first uh, MC40 version came out, um, been doing a lot of Android dev. The types of customers we work with focus pretty heavily on warehouse, TNL, and retail is probably our biggest segment. So if you've been to any retailers in the U.S. and seen TC70s or 51s or 40s, we've probably had a uh, some some uh, <coughs> some of our fingers on those. Um, but love uh, love the Xero platform. Love uh, being able to develop on it, and uh, I'm glad to be on and chat with you guys today about it.
1: No thanks, Brett. Brent, how about you? Can you give us an overview of uh, Arrowhead and Print?
3: Sure. Yep. Uh, we are a, a full ISV. We uh, specialize in custom solutions, software applications, um, you know, data-driven analytics and healthcare, and specialized dashboards, and and mostly around enterprise printing as well. Um, you know, MobiPrint is an application that that we developed in two thousand and twelve uh, been a number of years but really was a there when there was an influx in users and iOS and Android devices being deployed um, in the business verticals so we made a enterprise print application um, and uh, it's you know pretty globally known we're just about to cross five hundred thousand downloads worldwide um, so we're you know deep as a Great platform to develop on and happy to be here.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much, guys. And, you know, we invited both of you because we have a deep history and we've had a lot of success working together. And I did want to point out that Brett is the person who suggested to me that we host a zebra podcast. So if anyone uh, really feel strongly about that you can either thank him or uh, comment otherwise to Brett but uh, you know it's been a it's been a, f- a fun journey here with mark over the last year as we've rolled this out so Brett thanks for that idea and uh, kind of helping it come full circle with being a guest on it
2: I definitely appreciate it. it's been it's been good to be uh, have something uh, technical to listen to on, on the car rides so I appreciate you guys doing it
0: absolutely uh, so to dive into our topic here um Back in June, I spoke at DroidCon Berlin, and the talk I gave was called "Here Be Dragons," which was in reference to you know ancient medieval maps where they would put dragons on, marking a dangerous or an unknown area. And the dangerous unknown area that we're talking about in the Enterprise is uh, talking about the legacy mindset with mobile application deployment and management by enterprise IT, and how. You know, a lot of the times there was a golden image mentality where uh, an app and a device with that operating system would be deployed and it would just be used and not updated for, you know, sometimes a year, sometimes we've even run to ones, you know, over 10 years old with no changes to that. Uh, now with the, the rise of Android, iOS and other modern operating systems uh, being deployed in the enterprise, there's really a different use case now we're seeing uh, these operating systems with minimum monthly updates uh, pushed out especially by android and then through zebra with the lifeguard for android program and what we're realizing is that um, a lot of these enterprise customers aren't fully ready for this transition they don't know exactly how to deal with that so we wanted to talk with both of you to get your uh, kind of feedback on this and to see what are you doing to work with your customers to make sure that they're updating the application that you're building on a regular basis as well as the operating system and platform that they're working on so brett what type of approach have you done and what what steps have you made to try to help with this transition
2: yeah so um, i think to I'll, I'll start out with decomposing the problem a little bit and some of the origins and i think you, you framed it well I actually had a, a call last week with somebody who had has some uh, legacy uh, motorola devices and they I asked about the last time they updated their their software on it and they said it was 2007 so definitely more more than a decade there so I was, I was pretty surprised by it but I think it's also a testament to the quality of the the hardware that you know a lot of those pieces are still up and running but I think there's a a different uh, just change in the way software is is done now versus 15 years ago or 10 years ago where a lot of things are moving to the cloud we have a lot of different technology that's not inside your four walls. So your risk exposures are a lot higher. So you have devices that are going outside and c- connecting to either your MDM or you're putting your apps into Azure or AWS. So I think that creates a much bigger risk exposure. And then with wireless itself, you know, originally you, a lot of these devices where you'd take the data, sync it when it got cradled, and then sync it at the end of the day when you put it back into the, the cradle. But I think in, in the enterprise, that's really changed where the risk exposure is a lot higher in these. Um, that being said, there is still a lot of the mindset from people who are thinking, yeah, this is you know 2003. I don't have to update my my OS every quarter or every month. And I think that the uh, you know most recently the crack vulnerability, which was the uh, WPA2 vulnerability for Android that came out, I uh, earlier this year, um, that really called out to the um, to the you know, forefront that you know these things that are out there that they're, they're gonna they're gonna have vulnerabilities. You need to think about patching it. I think one of the things we saw was you have customers, if they're not going through and staying on cycle, at least quarterly or periodically, it's very difficult to uh, make those updates happen. And and it's not necessarily about getting the updates out there, but it's the processes that go around it. And when I say processes, I'm talking about regression testing. So we make sure that you know, be thinking about um, as as somebody who's managing these devices over the next five years, you know, uh, the directors of mobility or whoever owns that position in the IT organization, Needs to be thinking about doing releases and having that um, the rigor and the cadence to be able to um, execute on that especially if there were an emergency patch that they needed to put out so we we try to get people to think about that Um, there's actually patrick McGlynn from our team wrote an article recently around you know simplifying os upgrades by doing them more often it's it's one of these things where it's it's a muscle if you don't if you don't ever go to the gym it's very difficult to lift weights but if you do it every week or a couple times a week, it becomes a lot a lot simpler. So, and, and the other, other piece of that is budgeting for it. So making sure that there's a budget um, set up to actually have the regression testing and other pieces around it is, is really important. So we advise clients on making sure they have those those things in place um, and, and executing on it that way. Brent, have you uh, had a similar experience
1: um, when you've been doing the uh, the application development?
3: Yeah, I mean, as Brett said, uh i would say the 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 crack really when the crack came out you know really made for a strategy needed um by enterprise users and you know be because of that we have users that um by doing an os update or by doing a lifeguard patch you know, LifeGuard, I think for the TC, for instance, TC56, there's been six or seven LifeGuard patches this year already. By doing that, they also have to understand that, you know, a lot of these applications have, you know, third-party libraries and third-party, you know, um, utilities and, and things of that nature that have to be tested um, rigorously, uh, you know, and so that's one thing that I, that I would say with the the, the more frequent patches that occur, the, the more work that has to be done from the development side on our end.
1: And we you talked about updates um, on like the customer side and, you know, when when they see, you know, like the crack cause issues really that could be uh, challenged by their security teams to make sure it's updated and ready. But um, from your side whereby you have a, you know, your application and you talked around Earlier, you've got you know half a million downloads on the App Store. Um, how how do you keep your um, applications up to date? I and mean, you know, what's the difference you see from a you know a um, a consumer app that's on the Play Store or on the iOS Store to how you deploy with a right. with an end user um, sure. that might have a single app?
3: Yeah, and you know, our can our consumer applications we have to account for a wide range of. Of devices uh, so that you know that's the biggest changes most updates that are occurring are to support you know new API's new devices that are coming out on the enterprise level we we deploy specific applications to control the the app update process um, and so the, I would say that's the, the primary difference between a, our commercial app and our enterprise deployments um, is that we can we can really control how the enterprise deploys something like MobiPrint print um, ahead of time
1: okay and do you see anything um, from a um, specific um, OS change that you might happen right where I think of when when we do um, an OS update we make sure of you know the right apps are tested deployed etc but I guess in in the consumer landscape, if if a BYOD device is updated um you get challenges with that um how 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 would you test ahead of time are you part of beta programs pilot programs What, what do you do there
3: yeah we certainly are part of the pilot and beta programs for both android and and apple and and what you know what the challenge i think that you brought up and it certainly is prevalent still uh, is we have all these BYOD devices and and we see these devices in our largest customers Um, and you know these devices get randomly updated uh, particularly let's say on Apple uh, you know we'll update to the latest iOS I think the adaption rate is almost 80 percent and so when that occurs you are susceptible to things like changes to the bluetooth stack uh, that have known issues with all peripheral devices and and so that plays a big part into the zebra devices and how they operate on you know these os updates
0: so brunt i know that uh you have uh applications deployed via app store as well as enterprise deployment What type of mentality do you have in maintaining something through the app store, which has that BYOD general availability? People are just used to automatic downloads versus the enterprise side. And how do you have to balance changes to each of those applications?
3: Well, you know, for our apps that are in the app store, I mean, like like I mentioned, we have to Accommodate a wide range of zebra users. Um, pr- you know, different print languages, uh, different devices, different ways they're printing. Whether you know they're printing graphics or native print languages, or you know, we have to accommodate the whole the whole range. There's much more. You know, I wouldn't say risk, but there, there's a lot more going on and changes in our commercial application than there are our enterprise application, where we really. Uh, focus on specifically how they are using the app Um, and and you do kind of get back into that uh, I wouldn't say golden image but but in a way yes to where you're really only focused on the security side and making sure um, the the application is tested with the the patches that are being released and and things of that nature
0: all right thanks a lot Brent Um... So th- this one, this question is kind of related and I wanted to kind of turn this uh, this part to Brett. Um, one of the areas that I did a lot of research around was usage of third-party libraries. And uh, right now, uh, according to two different studies I read, you know, usage of third-party libraries is really critical and business critical for most application developers where depending on the study between 60 and 90 percent of the code in a modern android application is third-party library code versus focused specifically on that application but then unfortunately the lack of updates uh was really staggering in that the 70% of Android applications are using outdated versions of these libraries. And one study said that of open source code bases, 78% of them contained an outdated library that had at least one security vulnerability. So, you know, with the usage of these third-party libraries, and, you know, Brent mentions that a little bit, Brent, how do you take an approach with... Uh, These enterprise audiences, where they're not making these frequent updates,
2: Dan. I'm proud. First of all, to say I'm proud of you because you haven't gotten our names crossed up yet. That's that's been that's been good. Just wait; it'll happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you need to plan better next time. But um, I think that you know, thinking about libraries, you know, the way the way we try to model it is thinking through maintainability over a long period of time and. Um, you know, from larger sources. So if I actually, you mentioned this uh, when we chatted before, and when I went and looked at it, and you know, the bulk of the libraries we use, there's probably there's probably four sources or three sources. The, the first one is, um, you know, Google, which they have some pretty good libraries, things around like, you know, the Room or Realm, or, um, you know, JSON is another one we use on our apps a lot around uh, for JSON support. And then, um, you know, the, the second group that I was pretty surprised by, so there's a company called Square, which is a payment, they do little payment apps, but they've had a bunch of really good Android developers. And I met a couple of those guys a couple years back and we've been using their libraries and they do a great job of supporting those and they're, they're a payment company and they spend a lot of time going through, looking, focusing on security and making sure things are updated. And then the, uh, the other uh, one we use a lot as a, a plug for you guys is the uh, the EMDK. So Zebra has invested a lot. And it's one of the things that I, I, I tell people it differentiates the Zebra platform is having APIs that allow us to do things on the device in an enterprise setting that you couldn't do with consumer devices. So when I when I looked at the libraries we are using almost exclusively those are the three areas where um, you know we're, we're using our libraries from. So that, that's the, the first part of your question is you know we're, we're using trust libraries from organizations that have release cycles have support and they're gonna have support over the next few years and then um, the second piece is how do we think about updating those in apps and that's where it gets a little bit tricky Brent touched on this a bit, but the, there's this thing. You know, I, I was taught at some point in time that, um, you know, by one of my leadership team, my old company, that he, he always said, "Change is chance," and it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't change. But any time that you make changes, you have to you have to understand that that creates risk. And so, when you have those changes, you need to make sure you're doing things like regression testing, um, you're piloting in a secure manner, and you're measuring and analyzing as you do those things. So. When we think about introducing um, updates you know we won't include you know security patches we need does it fix a production issue or production performance issue and if it does one of those that'll meet the criteria and then we'll roll that into updates we make. So for us that's that's the first step is you know do you actually need to make the change is it does it is it going to improve the business or make the business more secure and then the, the second one is around, you know, the pilot process and regression testing. So you know, having regression suites, having automated builds, it always builds the same way. You're building from a build box. You're not you know, doing it on some developer's computer and releasing from there. Um, you know, you have correct signing process. And we, um, you know, we, 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 um, you know the, the concept of having an MDM to do your deployments is key for us. You know, we'll look at, you know, once you have your build, deploy it to QA region, you have a pilot model, so you either go to one pilot site or some devices at a pilot site test. Go to a larger segment of pilot sites, and then go even larger. And we focus, as part of that process, a lot on analytics and just understanding. We we built some, we built a tool we called Support Analytics that just takes data off of devices, and we can understand things like, you know, is as you roll something out, does it change the network profile of the device? Does it change the battery usage? Um, is there anything different? Are there more? Uh, you know, app crashes uh, on the device, is the device rebooting more, and measure those things, understand as you're rolling out, um, and then at any point in time you have issues, you stop. So that's, that's how, it was a big answer, but from end to end, we think about, you know, looking at any change we make needs to be for a reason in the enterprise, and then at the end, having the tools and the processes to be able to successfully deploy things out.
1: I quite like that um, comment you, you said there about, you know, uh, change is chance, right? Um, and sometimes I see requests and uh, ideas come up and you do think, what, what, what is the value for the cost that's going to change? Um, and, you know, sometimes we have to make the decision of a small, tiny tweak, maybe, you know, the, the box needs to move slightly right or left or add extra text to things. The value of doing that Probably doesn't equate to the time and effort to deploy that across to a to a large range of um, devices. Um, but I think on the opposite um, side, if you have um, you know different operating systems um, or different levels of OS, whether that's you know you go from KitKat to Lollipop or to Nougat, um, I guess there's a there's a challenge there that some um, API libraries are only supported on different versions um, and. You have to make sure you test, uh, deploy, QA, and then um, run a pilot. Um, I guess, Brent, from your side, you know, you said you've got apps across multiple OSs. Do you factor that into your process um, in terms of application development and testing, etc.?
3: Yeah, for for third-party libraries, I mean, there's there's some key requirements for our application and. Uh, you know that some libraries only work on, say, Android 5.0 or above, um, and so we go we go through that And it, every time we bring on a new third-party library, we really have to to look at that and see how well is it supported. Because can can it be flexible in the in the future? Um, you know, and so that that's a, a key component when when your application is always changing. Uh, that I would say.
1: And and do you pick certain libraries based on who they're made for? You know, um, Brett talks around Google and Square and these guys. If it was if it was an open source library that you could look at the code and check, would it worry you who it was by if you could actually own that code um, and make the change and edit yourself?
3: That's correct, and, and we we do do that. On we do take a look at that and say, okay, yes, let's bring this let's bring this in-house, develop the, and maintain the code ourselves um, for this exact reason.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what I expected. And do either of you um, kind of give anything back? Um, and I know that sounds a way, weird question, but if you were to take one of those, do you guys um, in your companies um, put open source um, edits and changes and uh, bug um, issues or fixes that you find in any of these third-party libraries?
2: We, we've definitely so at Blue Fletch, we've definitely done that for a, a couple particularly around scanning we had a couple of scanning ones we were doing a lot of uh, film gab or codedova plugins and um, we're contributing back to some of those um, but I think the ones that I mentioned earlier are very well vetted and supported so there's not there's not a lot of people doing pull requests uh, who are outside of those organizations for uh, for us elites I don't know, I don't know, Brent if you could speak to to what you guys are using
3: Yeah, I would say, I would say, you know, the same, probably the the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is is on Android at least is, uh, you know, we do a lot of graphics printing um, and there wasn't a very good third party library that did that well up until recently on Android. And so, you know, before Android five, we did it on our own. So that's, that's one example. And we do we do contribute back to the community. There's a couple of repositories that we have, you know, pushed to particularly around drivers and not solely around Android stuff, but around, you know, Mac OS drivers and cups and, and things like that to, to help.
0: That's great guys. Thanks so much uh, for joining us on the podcast this week. To me, this was really helpful. I, both of you have extensive experience working with a wide variety of enterprise customers from small to large. And so your insights are really helpful. So thanks for sharing that. I, I do wanna add in, you know, I know both of you, I've worked with both of your companies as you've identified your know, potential issues or areas of improvement in the zebra libraries and we do greatly appreciate that feedback definitely encourage others when you do run across issues when you do have areas that you're looking for new capabilities uh, please go to developer.zebra.com uh, post on our forums reach out to us let us know more about that so that we can make sure we have continue to have best-in-class libraries to facilitate the creation of apps um, as we close i did want to give uh brent and brett both an opportunity to uh say any last comments and also just to let us know if people wanted to learn a little bit more about your companies where they can go so maybe brett do you want to do you have any other comments and uh, where can people go to learn more about arrowhead and MobiPrint? print
3: yeah at first uh, dan thank you for having me on and i would also like to say that i've I think your team does a fantastic job at the developer uh, forum uh, for the community as a whole. So it's solved lots of my problems many times. So thank you for that. Uh, To to learn more about some of the things that my company does, uh, you can visit arrowheadcorp.com. If you're interested in in enterprise printing on Android or iOS, that is found at mobiprintapp.com. So thank you
0: excellent thanks and brett how about uh you and blue fletch
2: got it no uh, just, just so everybody knows, it's uh it's blue fletch as in the uh the chevy chevy chase character um so it's f-l-e-t-c-h so it's b-l-u-e-f-l-e-t-c-h.com um and it's actually not the chevy chase character it's originally named after the, the the feathers on the back of an arrow but um if you want to take a look at our site you know for for us we focus on enterprise android development and if somebody's looking for help migrating from legacy to modern and or if looking for help with maintaining their current uh, Zebra Enterprise devices, we're more than happy to hop on the phone and talk about our experiences and, and share our guidance with that. And then we also have some new products that we're rolling out based on our experiences. Um, we call them EMS, Enterprise Mobility Services. And those have been, um, actually not rolling out, been, they've been out for a couple of years, but um, one is around single sign-on, so an Enterprise Launcher for specifically focused on Zebra devices and then another one is around uh, analytics, where i talked about where you're rolling things out. and Whether you use our tool or there's a couple other tools out there, I think a from Splunk is pretty good. And then ABS OVS is pretty good too for on the Zebra platform to be able to measure things in the Android space. And then we have a, a third one we recently rolled out around, uh, it's a lightweight MDM focused on the smaller clients who are trying to manage less than 1,000 or 2,000 devices. So it's not, nothing as complex as SODI or AirWatch but it's specifically focused on uh, Zebra Android devices. So if anybody's interested, to take a look at bluefledged.com. And um, Mark and Ken definitely appreciate uh, the opportunity to chat with you guys today.
1: No, thanks guys. And, um, you know, just to, to anyone else listening, if uh, if you'd like to do what the guys have done and join us on a um, on a podcast, feel free to uh, to reach out. We're always happy to, discuss um, and you know talk around all sorts of interesting topics so let us know um, what you'd want to do so on that guys uh, Brett and Brent um, the double B's next time Dan I'm going to pick the uh, guest and make it more uh, easy to remember who the guys are Um, you know tongue twister um, there so thanks guys and um, we look forward to hearing um, your comments and feedback and we'll speak next time